welcome to Monday Fun Day. Hopefully it's a fun day for you. I know my Mondays are lots of fun because every day is a work day and I love what I do. I had somebody point out to me that uh, next weekend is a long weekend and I said, what is a long weekend? I forgot what those were like. Ever since I stopped working in the corporate world, that is. I shall tell you a little trick of something that I used to do with my vacation time when I did work in corporate land. I would take all my vacation days and I would tack them onto long weekends so that I'd have these extended vacations several times in the year. Every time there was long weekends or holidays, I'd add two, three of my vacation days to those and I'd have, you know, five, six day stretches at a time off work over and over. It was really nice. I don't know why more people don't do that. It seemed like a good idea to me. But anyway, I hope you guys are going to have an awesome day. Maybe this podcast will make it just a little bit better, hopefully. So what are we going to talk about today? Let's do some celebrity dishing. Let's talk about what those crazy folk are doing, shall we? And today I want to get into Miss Gwyneth Paltrow. She, she really does things her own way, doesn't she? Um, you know, she's, remember, uh, was it con- conscious uncoupling? I love that term, by the way, conscious uncoupling. Kind of, you know, it's, that's why I, I said conscious dating, because I really wanted people to come into the dating sphere with their consciousness intact, with their heads on straight. That's where the no kissing for three months rule comes in. It is all about keeping your head on straight so that you see the person in front of you, you realize who they are, and you let the wrong ones walk away, and you choose the right ones. So love, love, love this idea of consciousness. Um, and, And Gwyneth Paltrow it seems really see you know she she brings it into her relationships and she does things that are unusual she does things that are different and i want to get into that today i want to talk about her latest marriage we got to say latest because you know there's been a few right hey you know i had my own starter marriage so i'm not i'm not judging that at all and and many of us have my husband had his starter marriage there are a lot of you out there who are on your second marriage or aiming towards your second marriage very common. So what Gwyneth did is uh, they took a year before moving in together. So uh, now they're moving in together this month. They finally bought one house for their family, whereas for the past year, they've been, you know, basically one family, two homes. Um, And they really took their time to make that leap from living in two separate homes, managing their own separate homes to now managing one household. And some of you might think that that's weird. Some of you might think it's it's weird to, you know, even get married before you're living together. And I got to tell you, I agree with what she's doing. And I'm going to tell you why. And I'm going to start with my own story. So my husband and I, we, you know, we met 
probably around 2004, but we didn't start actually dating until 2006. So we got together in 2006. We got married in 2012 and we lived together in 2013. So for that entire time from 2006 till 2013, we were one couple, two homes. And, you know, I will, I will readily admit that at first it was not my decision, but I quickly agreed with my husband's decision. And I understood where he was coming from because I realized that he was the sort of man who was very, very, very devoted to his kids' happiness. And there was no sacrifice that he would not do for his children. And he was very conscientious, there's that word again, about making decisions to make sure that his kids were as happy as he could make them. And when we got together and I was looking for where my next home would be, and I, you know, I thought maybe instead of going into a place, because we'd known each other for a couple years already, and I, you know, I asked, I said, what if we moved in together? What if I moved in here into your house? And it was a very quick and immediate no. And I didn't take offense. I felt slightly rejected, but I didn't take offense to it because I understood where that came from. I understood that he wanted to transition his children into our relationship because for them, it was very new. And he didn't want to overwhelm them. He didn't want them to feel like their space was imposed upon. He didn't want them to feel like they were no longer a priority. He didn't want additional drama to come into the house. And he didn't know at that point if that's what I would bring. Even I didn't know at that point if that's what I would bring. And he just wanted their life to continue as normal, despite the fact that he was entering a relationship, as normal as it could be. Obviously, there is some upheaval when you enter in a new relationship because now your time is being divided because relationships do take a certain amount of time. Even if they take a little bit of time, there's still a division of time. And he wanted his kids to feel safe. He wanted them to feel like they were coming back to the same place when they came to his house that they had always been coming to. He didn't want them to feel like their world, at least in this part of the world, had been, you know, ripped out from underneath them, like a rug being torn out from underneath someone's feet. He wanted them to continue to feel stable. And I, I completely, completely understood that. And I negotiated my part of it. Because I didn't want to rush him, but I wanted him to understand that my patience would only last for so long. And so I said, I do understand where this is coming from, and I support the way that you want to father your children. Because I love you, and I see why you're doing it this way. And I know that you are coming at this from a place of love. But here's my stance. I want us to be one couple, one home when your youngest turns 18. Because at that point, I don't think there's there's any reason for us to not live under the same roof anymore. And we did end up, you know, living together, one couple, one home. 
uh, a couple years, I think, well, at least at least one year before his youngest was 18. And, um, and I was happy with that. That was a little bit faster than I was expecting. And so that was all good. So, you know, I, I get where Gwyneth and Brad Falchuk are coming from with this. And I also understand why some people would think that is very unusual and that's very strange and that's not how it should be. And I'm air quoting the word should right now because, you know, I really find that should is a relationship killer. And this is actually a lesson that I teach. This is one of my YouTube videos that the word should really doesn't belong in a relationship. Neither does the word let, by the way. Um, you know, my husband, he works a lot. He works a hundred hours a week and I am the social glue for him in, in some ways. And I maintain, uh, you know, friends for us, for him. And when he can, he joins in and this gives him those, those rare opportunities where when he does want to let loose and have a good time and just be with people instead of being surrounded by machines, he can do that because those connections are made and they're there. And Guys, oh my God, I just realized I just lost my train of thought. Um, oh, let's, sorry. Okay, so this happens every once in a while and I'm going to let this in. I'm not going to edit this out. You guys get to see me as I really am here on this podcast. So I would show up to parties more often than not alone without him. And when you go to a party, you're always likely to meet people who've never met you before. And inevitably there would be somebody who would say, oh, are you with somebody? And I'd say, yes, I'm married. And they say, where's your husband? And I say, he's not here. And the astounded looks that I would get time and time again, and they would lean back, literally, they'd be just taken aback by this information that I had shown up at a party without my husband. And they would say, he lets you go to parties without him. And my answer would always be, there is no let in our relationship. My husband is his own individual. He gets to do what he wants to do because what he does makes him happy and I trust him I trust that his choices are not meant to hurt me in any way whatsoever and he has the same level of trust and respect for me so he knows that when I go to a party I'm not going to do anything that disrespects him or hurts him and we allow each other to be individuals and make those individual choices and so when you look at how other people are conducting themselves and, and you feel like you need to behave in that same way, there's this, this desire for conformity that we have. And I, I do understand where it comes from because I study social sciences, so sociology, psychology, anthropology, biology. I understand that this desire for, from, for conformity comes from the need to be accepted within a group because if you are so vastly different from everybody else in a group a group feels uncomfortable with you and they push you out and mother nature designed us with a need to belong because there is strength in numbers and there is a fundamental sense inside of us that as long as we are part of a group our survival is enhanced and so we have woven into us a need to conform and we do have societal norms. And the societal norm when it comes to relationships is boy meets girl, they kiss, they have sex, they establish a relationship, they, you know, nowadays move in together and then get married. 
And so when you look at somebody who's doing things differently, or even if you yourself are contemplating doing things differently, it feels outside the norm, therefore feels strange. And therefore that strange feeling is uncomfortable. And you associate that discomfort with, I shouldn't do that. Instead of analyzing the discomfort and asking yourself where it comes from, is am I uncomfortable because this is against who I am? Or am I uncomfortable because it goes against societal norms? And another example of that is the no kissing for three months rule. That is totally counterculture. That is not what we do. We meet, we kiss on the first, second, or third date in order to try and see if it'll work, which it doesn't make sense at all. And that's why I teach no kissing for three months, because I don't think you should commit to a stranger just to see if it'll work with the stranger. I don't think we should kiss to see where it goes. I think we should see where it goes and then kiss. But it feels weird to do things differently because here's the thing. Not everybody else is doing it. And I'll tell you, everybody else is doing it. That's a, it's <laughs> like when I worked in a bar and I wanted somebody to give me a bigger tip, I would actually say, you know, everybody else is doing it, right? <laughs> Just to see if I could kind of trigger that part of their brain that would make them want to conform. So I really want you to think about what people do and about what you want to do. And I want you to give yourself permission to do things the way you want to do it. And most of all, I want you to examine your emotions when you are making your decisions. I want you to Feel your discomfort if it happens. Really sit in it. Take a moment and contemplate it. Don't just react to it. Because if you're just reacting to your discomfort, chances are you may be making a decision that is not right for you just because everybody else is doing it. And I don't want you to do that. I want you to be happy regardless of what everyone else is doing. Create your own relationship on what works for you, not based on what culture and society and parents and friends say you should be doing. As long as you're happy, as long as the decisions that you're making are making you happy, will work out for you. You can see down the road, you're, you're lining your chips up, you are creating your own life on your own terms based on your individual needs because, and I love this quote, you are unique just like everybody else. So please make yourself happy. You really should and you really are allowed to. And in this age, in this culture, we're having massive shifts right now. And so even if right now we have a cultural and societal norm that everybody else is doing, we might figure out five years down the road how freaking wrong that was. How many people are going to figure out that this kiss to see where it goes phenomenon in five years? How many people are going to realize that was not the way to go? How many people are kissing today on a first, second, or third date that are going to break up in a year's time? How many people are breaking up right now because they kissed on the first, second, or third date and now they're realizing that as hard as they tried to make this work, they just were not compatible with that person. But they went through a honeymoon period 
and they tried, tried, tried because they, they wanted to get back to how great it was during those first three months, which was chemically induced. There is no going back to that. Now reality is setting in and you're, you're seeing those red flags that you overlooked because you were just so high on all the oxytocin and the phenylethylamine, which by the way, I'm saying wrong, but I don't remember how to say it right right now. <laughs> I had a, had a chemist pop up on my YouTube channel and go, by the way, chemist here, you're saying that word wrong. And I, I Googled it and I, I played it because when you, when you look up a word, you can get the dictionary, whatever, online dictionary to say it for you. And I was like, oh, crap. But uh, let's just say phenylethylamide for now because, frankly, 99.9% .9 of people don't care. It's just knowing that there's a chemical that just drives you over the edge mentally and makes you think you know everything you need to know, um, which is why you're so bonded to someone for those first three months. You think they are so, so, so right for you. So no kissing for three months, people. I always come back to that, don't I? It's just, it's my passion. I want you to find the person who's right, and I want you to go in with both eyes wide open. So I would like to know what you think about all that. Um, I'd love to hear your feedback. I'd love to hear your stories. I love how I create these podcasts and I create these videos, and and I, I you know, I, I give you like a little piece of my life, and then you guys pop up and you give me a little piece of yours. I think that's so beautiful. So what's your experience been? What did you do that was different from other people that so worked out for you? Put it in a comment somewhere where I, you know, where I post that I created this podcast. Send me an email. Just let me know. I love your voice. Uh, I've got some new stuff for you. Oh my God, you guys. Rich Pendlebury created a chakra balancing meditation. It is amazing. Boss. It's about 15 minutes long, so you can do this anytime. I have been hooked on this. He actually sent this to me about six weeks ago, uh, but he just sent me the MP3. He didn't send me the video version, and I've been listening to it almost every single day. It has become my new go-to. Uh, it's a short one, so sometimes I'll add it to my uh, abundance meditation, which is another one of my go-tos recently. Um, and I just... I don't know. I like it. Just it makes me feel so good. So go to YouTube, uh, check out the Let's Meditate playlist. You will find the Chakra Balancing Meditation by Rich Pendlebury. Uh, give that a listen to. I know you are absolutely gonna love it. Put a comment in there. Let me know what you think about it. Uh, for the webinar coming up tomorrow, the Chantal Hyde Show. We are going to be talking about two subjects this time. So by the way, you guys, every show is made for you. At the end of every show, I say, what are we going to talk about next week? And uh, the ladies who were on this uh, last week were very split on these two topics, but very passionate about these two topics. So I said, you know what? Let's do them both. So we are going to talk about the five love languages and how you can make them work for you. And we are also going to talk about how to create a bomb-tastic online dating profile. I want you to attract the men who are out there. I'm going to tell you how to trigger their attraction using your online dating profile. And I am also going to teach you how to not attract the guys, the selfish short-term thinkers, the ones that are just so annoying online. So how to reduce some of the attention from those ones. 
Uh, and as usual, you guys, you can find me on Instagram. I know I'm, I am on Instagram all the time. Facebook, uh, Twitter, you know, it's, I got an account. I get on there every now and then. I will be focusing in on that more and more. If you sign up to my mailing list on my website, canadasdatingcoach.com, you will get a free book, Fake Love Need Not Apply. So if you want that, it's a free digital download. You can just go to my website and sign up for that. Um, and that is all I could think about for now. I love you guys. Love you tons and tons. Oh, actually, I have one more thing I want to mention. Um, so every Tuesday night at 8 p.m., I host the Chantal Hyde Show. And, you know, again, the topics are decided by you guys. And when you sign up, you don't have to necessarily be there. Like you can catch the live show and it is interactive at 8 p.m. on Tuesdays Eastern. But if you can't make it, you can still get access to the replays. So if you still want access to the replays and just sign up and you'll get that. But one of those Tuesdays every month, I actually host the No More Assholes webinar. And this is for women who are stepping back into the dating or if they just want to refresh if they want to learn some new things you know um they they want to try something new i teach you how to attract the man that you're looking for and we had our first one last month we have uh or this month a few weeks ago we have our next one coming up on september 10th and if you have already taken it i would like to invite you to come back as feedback and support for the new women who will be taking it on the 10th because you will have questions you will have experiences since the last one I want you to bring those I want you to ask me your questions I want to talk to you about what you've experienced I wanted you to talk to me about your challenges because what you faced in the past month is what these new women will face in the next month so you can actually give them foresight which would be really super fun so bring me your questions or your challenges Let's talk about what you've gone through while I teach these women what to expect and what to do differently, okay? So I am fired up about this stuff, you guys. Super fired up. Like, I bring a glass of water in here with me because normally when I do public appearances, my mouth goes dry a little bit. I have like, you know, that little tiny bit of nerves. When I do my podcast, my mouth literally waters. I am just so excited to be doing this with you. I am having so much fun. Have I said that before? I'm going to say it a million times. Anyways, love you guys so much. I will talk to you soon because I am talking to you all the time. Bye and make sure you have an awesome night.